0: one of my regrets obviously handballed the ball but I didn't mean to handball the ball I look back and I think I'd have just let the ball go in there if I could have but unfortunately it kind of just crosses the game really you know and it was a regret not that I had any control of it I don't think it's just one of these things that happens in football and yeah it was was, uh, I was gutted for it to be honest
1: Hey guys, it's producer Ross here and welcome back to another edition of Ross Meets, the series where I catch up with former town players and talk about their careers from the ups to the downs and everything in between. Once again, I want to say thank you to everybody who has listened to the previous episodes. It's been a pleasure to speak to these players and hopefully they've brought you some memories, some good stories to listen to during your day. And here we go—the ninth episode of Ross meets. We're already getting into nine episodes, which is which is mad. Uh, But hopefully, we'll be getting more and more coming your way soon. But here we go—the ninth edition. Which is with former town offender Christoph Berra, and what a pleasure it was speaking to Christoph about his time at Portman Road and his career as a whole. He spoke about a range of things from his early days at Hearts, then coming into England and playing for Wolves under Mick McCarthy for the first time, where he went on to help them win promotion to the Premier League and went on to play in the top flight for three seasons. Then, of course, reunited with Mick at Portman Road, playing for Richwich Town and went on to become Player of the Year in his first season. Then spoke about the second season where we got into the playoffs, and he also spoke very much. In Depth about the handball incident against Norwich, which ended in getting sent off, and spoke about that in depth. About one of his biggest regrets of his career in that game, and then he spoke about other big moments and highlights during his time at Portland Road, and also then spoke about his return to Hearts, his boyhood club, where he's now currently still at, and also his ambitions in coaching. And it was just a, just great to chat to Christoph about his time career as a whole as i hope you guys enjoy this i really enjoyed speaking to christoph Uh, let's get right into this interview because i'm rambling as i normally do so let's get right into this interview and hope you enjoy it guys where did it all start for you in terms of you know did you always want to play football when you're a kid and stuff like that
0: um i was a lead developer i um kind of first got signed up and spotted it yeah, I played for a local team around the corner from my own dad, five minutes from there called the Dinah Hibbs. Um, maybe joined them under twelves from like primary school, secondary school football. And then I was really late in getting picked up but to be to be honest, I kinda always just said to my dad, I don't think it's gonna happen and yeah. it was literally the last year you could have got picked up to go um to go not full time as in ground staff as we yeah. used to call it up here. Yeah. Youth Pro, um, I had like one year before that, so I joined Hearts at under, might have been 16s uh, for one season, and I was, I was, there'd been boys who'd been in that team for three, four years yeah. with Hearts, and I, I think, um, I'm pretty positive, I was the only one that uh, got kept on to get a oh, wow. a full-time contract with the youth team, so I signed a, a two-year youth pro, or we used to call it YTS up in, up in Scotland, uh, ground staff, so I had two years. I was uh, fortunate enough to get that.
1: Hmm. Were you um, always defender as a youngster, or were you one of those people who liked to play up front at first, score the goals, or did you always feel that was one of your roles you liked?
0: I think in primary school, I used to um, yeah. kind of play a, a few positions. I played left back before, seven and half. I think I had to go on goalkeeper once for uh, <laughs> at primary school level. Yeah. And I might have had a couple of times up front, but yeah, over the piece, it was um, I was a defender.
1: In terms of you know his hearts, you know, I should know this really. His hearts, your boyhood clubs, of course, you're you know born and raised in Edinburgh and stuff.
0: Yeah, it, was, it had been, it had been yeah. um, the club I joined with uh, uh, at that age, and uh, I ended up going back there after uh, Ipswich. Yeah, so yeah, it, they've always been uh, close to me.
1: In terms of you know breaking through and making your debut um, during the 2003-04 season. You know, there's one big game in there against Celtic at Celtic Park. That must have been a, a great experience for you, you know, going there and playing against... I oh know, I think you came on very late in that game, but still experience. Yeah, I
0: actually remember... Um, I think I made my debut for Hearts. It was a way to My full debut... The way to Kilmarnock. Mm-hmm. I think we drew one-one there. My yeah. captain Stephen Presley. I, I think he took L the night before, so I didn't know until the morning. So that was my um, my full debut. But yeah, I remember the Celtic game. Um, I think it was two-two, yeah. or it, we were winning two-one. I think mm-hmm. I'm sure the game finished two-two, and it was literally yeah. I don't know, maybe a couple of minutes ago. And I, I, as I was going on, like they had a free kick, maybe mm-hmm. the yards out, and they were going to put it in the box. And as I was running into the box to get into position, they put the ball in. Not that it was my fault or that, but yeah. I couldn't get set or like get organised with the defence or the team, and they actually scored off it to yeah. go 2-2, so a part of me um, was uh, fuming with the referee, because usually the referee's like, you get on, get set and get organised first, but as I was running into the box, he you, you blew the whistle and I yeah. was still running in as, it, oh, no. as the goal went in, so yeah, it was um, But yeah, a great experience, Celtic Park, 60,000 fans I think, like, um at that time, and because maybe and Henrik Larson playing up front, yeah. so yeah, they were uh, some set of strikers.
1: Yeah. Your, you know, your first manager, I think, was Craig Levine What was he like as a as a manager?
0: Yeah, he was very, uh, as a youngster, you know, he was very dominant, and very like a man that you didn't mess with. He was uh, yeah. very organised. Um, and a, a, a manager that you respected. And that's what you expected at that age. You're coming through from the youth team, you know, you don't. You're you're going into the first team setting and you're you're a wee bit wary and you're a wee bit within your shell, but I managed to come out of that after a couple of years. You know, as you play more games and train with them, but it was always a a daunting experience. I think back then, Hearts <throat> first team in general, actually Scottish football, the first team was probably more experienced players and more. More men, whereas this day and age, don't get me wrong. You'll get teams where there's a lot, of, a lot of Scottish teams have got a lot of youngsters as well, and they probably the average age is a lot younger than it used to be back in the day, because um, teams up here rely on bringing a lot of youth players through. And yeah, it was, um, you know, you when you stepped into training that year, you, you had to be on it, or the, the senior pros would be uh, giving you a half time.
1: Yeah, then um, of course your next manager was George Burley. Of course, he's very known in these parts, but you know, for you. Must have been great, you know, him as a manager. He's just, he just left which at that point and, you know, went back to Scotland and managed Hearts. What, what, was, um, what was he like?
0: Hey, George came in and obviously done a fantastic job. I think he won. Uh, we were top of the league, won 11 games in a row, uh, or unbeaten in 11. And then obviously left with uh, controversial mm, yeah. circumstances due to the, the Lithuan, Lithuanian managers. Um, he was a different manager, he was really... He really liked. He's his, uh, experienced pro- pros and he's and uh, in he's internationals. He, he, uh, to be honest, was a bit more harsher on the on the younger boys, uh, myself included. He's one of the best out of us, so he did drive us. I, I don't think I really played under him to be honest, and I didn't actually start playing regularly pulling after he towards that season, that the first school season. Maybe only played a handful of games now and then, you know. So, um, but he came in. And Hearts um, ultimately had one of their most successful seasons. We finished second in the league and won the Scottish Cup. So that was a lot It would have been down to, to George and what he, the work he'd done in pre-season and, and um, what he bedded within the team.
1: How much can you remember from the days under the Lithuania ownership and stuff? That must have been a, a sort of crazy time. Of course, you know, the owner sort of was... Wanting to sort of take charge of the team and bringing out all these Lithuanian players and stuff. Of course, it must have been exciting and stuff like that. It was hard to. Did they most of them speak English? Did it was it one of those situations where it's hard to communicate or anything like that?
0: Um, the majority of the Lithuanian boys they brought over, they were their English was pretty good. Oh, yeah. Don't get me wrong. There's a one or two who, yeah. who struggle, but over the piece, you know, there were there were some really good technical players, and you know, over they were actually like they were good guys. They were, you know, I'm still friends with a few of them on Facebook or Instagram, and you know, um, they're. Um, I couldn't say a bad word about them. Romanoff, um, he came in and he he put his, he spent a lot of money and we established a squad that was. I don't know figures and that, but we would have been playing very very good wages, for um for that standard of football and. You know, it brought uh, in the short term success, and we had some exciting players. I mind mean, one of the Latvians we had was uh, Edgar Jankuskas. You know, he played yeah. for Porto, I think Benfica as well. He was a, he won the Champions League when Mo- Josie Mourinho was there, yeah. so that was a calibre player we were bringing in. Also, uh, Takis Vesis, left back, he had just won the don't know how many years before or a year before he just won the European Championships with Greece, and he was an, another massive experienced player who was. You know, like if we're looking back now, it's that caliber player now is mm. to attract the hearts would be very difficult. Just the way Scottish football is, yeah. and so yeah, he did for the short time. It was great, two or three years, and obviously it kind of um, it went a bit sour. Yeah. And obviously we had all all our problems. We did go through a lot of managers as well. Mm. Had some yeah. some uh, all sorts of managers, but over the piece, you know, I enjoyed my time. Yeah, that's when I got sold down south was under Romanoff and you know, he was um he made that as easy as possible.
1: Yeah. In terms of, you know, you you still wasn't a regular at that point, but you know, you had unused sub in the Scottish Cup final, that must have been a, a great experience being sort of part of all that and, you know, seeing your boyhood club winning winning it.
0: Yeah, it was um I was actually disappointed not to play, and yeah. maybe I'll looking back it was maybe being a bit too keen, you know. I, I was just breaking into the team, but I, I thought I had a good chance of playing. But they decided to, to pick Ibrahim uh, Taulat instead, and that—that's—that was the manager's, the manager's decision. But yeah, overall, I think I was 18 year old. I, I think I was anyway, um, and it was a a great experience, you know. Like, <laughs> that um, winning the cup, going down on the bus, coming back from Glasgow to Edinburgh, and the streets were lined with heart supporters the next day on the Sunday when you do the parade along Prince's Street the stadium it was tens and, th- and thousands of supporters um, but when I look back as well it was a game that could it went to penalties and it could have so easily went the other way and it would have been a totally because we were playing against Gretna I think mm-hmm. I don't know if Gretna were a division below us and there were a team who had spent a bit of money with their, their, their manager for a really small club and they had a great season, and they, they took it took it right to the wire. And you know it could have easily went other way. And we were massive favourites. And as I said, from going from such a high to winning the cup on the other end, it could have been such a disaster. And it been such a, as I said, a disaster because we were overriding favourites.
1: Yeah. Then of course the next season, you know, George Burley at that point's left, and you've got these different managers coming in. But that that was you when you became established. Um, you know, you played in the Champions League. You know, the qualifiers, and becoming a regular in the. In the you know the the top flight of Scottish football, that must have been good for you to you know that a young age you know breaking through and getting your chance to play.
0: Yeah, it was um, a great experience. That was, uh, as you said, my breakthrough season playing in European Champions League and European qualifiers. Going away, to, I think one of the games we went away to, to uh, I don't know if it was a team in Bosnia, and it was I think it was like forty degrees when we came off the, off the plane. Yeah. It was so hot. I think we managed to get a nil-nil draw over there after maybe winning. One or two nil at home. Then we went to the another big game against A.K. Athens. We played at Muddy in front of maybe forty thousand fans. Um, they, they beat us. You know, they, they were just a, a different calibre from uh, the team that we were. It was a great experience, um, and obviously going over to Athens as well. I think we might have got beat three 0 I'm not off the top of my head. That's but, um, Yeah, it was disappointing but when I look back now for I, I was young it was a massive eye-opener and you know a, a great experience for, for myself and you know it was I was very fortunate to manage to play in those, those kind of games and obviously the club seen me as a prospect a youth prospect Hearts, so, throughout the past I've obviously kind of been known to, to bring some players through and sell them on and I was fortunate enough to be a regular on that team
1: yeah then of course the the following season you of course went on to win, you know, your first Scottish cap as well and that must have been good for you is that you know now you're getting noticed at the international level.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know actually I think that first half, a cap was actually under George Burley as well. Okay. I'm sure it could have been Holland or the, away at the um, Amsterdam arena. Yeah, hey, I think we've got yeah. to be we got beat two 0 You know, we actually didn't play bad. I actually gave a penalty yeah. <laughs> against uh, Lar. I think it was to make it three 0 so the the game was gone. But was, they had Robin playing. They had some of the top players playing from that time. We actually, as I said, we didn't play that bad. Maybe the the result was a bit, you know, flattering. But it was for myself. It was a it was a a great experience. That, I don't know if that was my debut or that was my first start. But yeah, that's was what. Um, that um experience, you know, playing in Amsterdam Arena, you know, it's one of the, the famous stadiums in the world. And against no other team than, you know, Holland who were um one of the um like renowned for um creating technically gifted youngsters and players and, you know, that was um I have got the strip framed actually that for that yes, from that game as well. So that is, um, yeah, that will live me for a long time. Of
1: course, you you gone on to win 41 caps, scoring four goals. That must be great to represent your country, and you know you're scoring goals as well. I know, I know. There's, I remember there's one goal that you scored later on. That must have been a, you know, a great experience. Um,
0: uh, 41. Uh, I, I, probably sometimes don't appreciate it as much how many times I play for my country, yeah. but I will do one day when I when I yeah. retire and I'll look back. I've been fortunate enough to 41 games and to get four goals is even a an added bonus, you know. And um, every game, apart from me, I, I think I should have played more. There was times when I thought I should have been picked, but the manager didn't. And he, uh, and towards my best run at the end was under Gordon Strachan, who um, at first when he came, in, he didn't play much. But then towards the end, when he, we went on that good run, I, I played every game, and you know, I played in some massive games, which. You know, I'll remember for the rest of my life.
1: Hopefully, I got these and this fact right. You were, you became one of the youngest captains in you know Scottish top flight history. Um, is that is that right? Wasn't yeah, I hearts? think it was at the time. Yeah, time. I, I, I
0: was either twenty or twenty-one year old. Yeah. It was under it was a hearts obviously under Romanoff. He decided mm-hmm. to, or as the, well, the manager decided to make me captain. You know, it was a great experience. There's probably the. But I look back as well. They were probably wanted to sell me at some point as well. So giving me the captaincy would have, you know, raised my profile as well. And um, you know, I, I really I enjoyed it. There there were tough times as well. We went through periods when, obviously, when towards the end of the Romanov era, we were getting problems with money wise, and we'd maybe not get paid on time. I'd, have, I'd be getting told, "Oh, you're not going to get paid until two or three times." So totally, totally, totally different now from when it from it, when it was back then, when I was captain as well, you know, I've learned a lot from then, from then, and when, when you're that age, you don't really, you don't take your life too seriously, you don't take being, a, you, you, obviously you take the captaincy being serious when you're going to pitch and, and training, but all the other little jobs that come with being captain, you maybe, you didn't realise at the time how important they were being like coming tickets out, organising stuff, where, where as you get older and more experienced, I think you, you you feel there's more added responsibility to to do things and help out the players or the staff or whatever, be it with tickets and other little things and look after people and go to, to club club events and represent the club. Whereas when I was back then, twenty two, it kind of just probably goes over your head a little bit and it just, you're just living in the moment. But you and when, when you get older, you, you look back and you realise that It was it was a big a big responsibility on my shoulders at, at such a
1: young age yeah. as you said you know they were looking to to sell you at that point and you know not not because you know they don't want you anymore that you know it's just at the time they probably needed some money and um, you know was there any other clubs interested before Wolves came in you know any other places
0: no uh, I, I don't know if there was concrete um, because there have been rumours about Fulham and a couple of other English teams and uh, there was a German team as well I kind of got um, got mentioned to me as well from the club and um, obviously I end up going to Wolves which I think the club had rejected a couple of offers prior and a couple of transfer windows um, and I look back sometimes and I say, oh could I maybe waited?" because I left on the 31st of January, the last day of the transfer window which was my actual my birthday as well yeah. and it's quite funny because that's when I um, well, I don't know, I've when I went alone, when I was about just not long ago, it was on the 31st as well, so yeah. I seemed to do a lot of things on my birthday, yeah. big things in my life. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, when that happened, I sometimes look back because oh, should I have fi- because I think that season we finished, I was working under Ch- Chabal I think we might have finished third mm-hmm. that season. And, I, and sometimes I look back in hindsight, oh, should have stayed there to then that another three or four months and seen the season out and, and maybe had more options at the time, but. You, you can't live like that you know I went to Wales a massive club and you know it, we went and won the championship I've got a, a league medal and, and ultimately went to play in the Premier League for three years so yeah it was um, it happened all quite quickly it was on I think we were playing maybe I don't know if we were playing Hamilton on the Saturday and it was a Friday I got told about it that the club had off, been accepted an offer so on the Saturday I flew down Saturday morning I flew down to to Wales watched the game done my medical on the Sunday morning no that Saturday night after the game Mm -hmm. stayed in the hotel trained on the Sunday morning which is quite when I look back it was quite a big thing because you're you're, there's so many emotions going through your body a lot of stress and that because you're you want to do the medical and and get through everything and I trained on the Sunday Sunday morning. I wasn't a hundred percent because my head was all over the place. Just because it was just a big, massive thing that happened. I, I was—I think I was 23 or just turned 24. Obviously, it was my birthday. As yeah. I said, it was so coming down, flying down, and I don't know how I managed to get my car. I don't know if someone drove it down from me or, or my mom and dad, or I had to go back up and get it. But yeah, it was massive. As I said, I played that my first game, proper game against Coventry away, and it was a. Uh, they had like Leon Best and someone else up front who really powerhouse is strong and athletic and I think we got beat two one. Yeah. It was an eye opener how how physically for starters, physically stronger and competitive the league was, how much stronger I had to get. So yeah, it was in the first game I think it off get beat. I actually should have scored as well or I missed a sitter, I think, from yeah. a header. But then I think the next game I don't know who it was. I maybe burned their away. I, I think we went there and maybe drew. I'm not sure, and um, or my might have got beat. I'm not sure. But I actually played pretty well, and the manager coming said, "Well done." That was more like it. So um, yeah, from then on I kind of got settled into the team, and we I think I played six, 15 or 16 games that were left in that season, and mm-hmm. we we won the league. Yeah.
1: Of course, you, you're saying manager there. That's Mick McCarthy. Of course, you, a, a manager you reunited at town, but you know, what was Mick like at Wolves, and of course you went on to have success, you know, getting promoted that season, and, you know, helping them get promoted.
0: Yeah, Mick was, um, Mick's Mick, really. I got the greatest respect for him, you know, he's had a a great career as a player, and he he took that on to being a manager. I don't know how long he's been a manager, years and years (laughs) now, tens of years. Um, Very experienced, uh, his man management skills are second to none, you know, he's just, you respect him, but you fear him at the same time. You know you wouldn't want to get on his wrong side. On his wrong side, but he was um, one of the, uh, the well. I still call him the gaffer, to be honest. Yeah. One of his main attributes was his honesty. You know, he's straight down the middle. And looking back now, one thing: if I do ever go into management, is one thing I will try to be. Act- and as a manager, I'll be honest because I think as a player, that's what you respect. You know, you don't. I've worked under some managers in the past who say one thing to you and do something different. And, you know that's when you start to worry, and but Mick was the total opposite. You know he, he told you straight down the middle he had no ways about it. And you knew as you stood and as as a, a player and as a human being that that's I think that's a, the best policy really.
1: Then of course now you're in the top flight. You know there must have been your your dream there to hopefully play top five English football. You know you play top five Scottish football now, top five English football. You know what's your big memories from playing? You know there are three seasons during that time. Like Wolves, you know, what's your any good memories? Any games that stick out for you? Yeah. Yeah, well,
0: those three years, you know, you look back now, they flew by. They were yeah. great experience. It was tough at times. Don't get me wrong, you know, going into the into the league, one of the one of the smaller clubs, just coming up with a, a small budget, we didn't spend much on players compared to other leagues. So, you know, the, the squad and the manager, we, we were punching up our way at times and. You know, we managed to, to get three seasons there. I think with a bit more investment, we could have stepped on like Wolves like now, totally different. The, the money there is, is ridiculous. You know, we, we never had that kind of money back then. But, you know, with those games, we managed to beat, apart from Arsenal, I think we managed to beat all So the so-called top five, six teams. We, we went to Anfield on, I think, a Monday night and live on television. We won 1-0, Stephen Ward scored the winner there. We've uh, we beat Man United. We've, we've beat Chelsea, we've we had a lot of good games against Tottenham, we beat Tottenham away as well and drew there. Um, the only team we didn't um, ever beat was Arsenal. We, we went to the Emirates twice, we definitely drew once there. Um,
1: yeah, I think we
0: drew one yeah. there 1-1 or 0-0, I'm not sure, but there was one time as well, I remember this game quite fondly. We were drawing, I think, at the time, and literally a minute ago, I don't know who it was, it might be Ronald Zubar actually, (laughs) someone or somebody made a mistake or something, or uh, nothing major of that happened, and we conceded, and we came in, and the gaffer was fuming. You know, we were so close to getting another, I think it was a draw anyway, the Emirates against a team who, um, you know, had some like Van Persie in that front, you know, it was one of the big teams in England then. But over the piece, you know, we had some great other game that springs to mind I think it was Monday night as well away to West Ham or live on television I Mm -hmm. think they were kind of near the bottom with us as well and we uh, I think we managed to beat them 3-0 at at West Ham so that was another uh, I think uh, Matt Jarvis scored and maybe Ronald Zuber scored as well you know that was another game that springs to mind
1: You may have been asked this before in terms of you know some of the big names. You know you played against. Who was sort of one of the difficult? You know you mentioned Van Persie. But out of those, you know big strikers. You know which one was the toughest? You know opponent for you?
0: Um, Van Persie. He was always playing on your shoulder. You know if yeah. you couldn't see him. He could see you, but he couldn't see him. So his movement was good. then. But one of the the players that always kind of stands out to me a little bit. It's not so much the the world class players. And well, he was world class. but he was up yeah. there anyway. But it was tough You know. And, sometimes the way he plays with his hands down you don't think much of him but my god if he got the ball on his feet you're not getting off it you know his first touch his, his protection of the ball his shield the ball was second to none you know and he was so strong and sometimes I'm you he's like, oh he's not that fast you know he doesn't look that fast but he he could shift as well and so Berbatov, when he played that only a few times he he kind of stood out to me technically he's he was second to none you know he's as I said, his children under the ball. His strength really kept the ball. You, you, if you had it at his feet, you will never get it off him. Yeah.
1: Then, of course, um, unfortunately, got relegated in the third season. Of course, Mick got sacked. Terry Connor, his assistant, then became manager. Um, what was the difference between, you know, Terry was getting well known, but you know, what was your reaction when you heard he, you know Mick was getting sacked and Terry was going to come in to take over the reins just for then?
0: Yeah, I think it's. Uh, uh, if I'm being all, in all, all honesty, I think it's difficult sometimes when. This is from my experience when assistant managers get made into the management, the first team manager at a time because usually the assistant managers kind of that, you know, that go between the players and the manager, and you have that kind of a relationship with the assistant manager you won't so much have with the manager because you know there's a, a kind of, you know, you don't overstep the line with the manager, you know, there's this barrier where you. you you're, you're a bit fierce full but we're assistant managers you can have a we were joking a, a muck about and a play you know and a bit of banter with them mm-hmm. but then Teddy came in it, it was difficult we were a team that was on a, a downward spiral you know we were and when you're in that league everyone knows that if you can, it's so hard to buy a win but that's the way we were and it was difficult Teddy couldn't he, he tried to adapt things what I can remember but as I said it was It had been so difficult, you couldn't adapt the squad, we only had the players that we had and, you know, there was, probably at the time wasn't the greatest atmosphere in the changing room, you know, we had some players who just, uh, I don't know, Just you get different characters and when things are not going well, um, it kind of just, it worked against us and in the end we we got relegated, but it's nothing to do with Terry at all, you know, we were already just... It was just the way we were going, and there's nothing that could have been changed. To be honest, we, we tried our best, and it was not for the lack of trying. We just, I think, um, just uh, the circumstances, and we got used to getting beat and in that league. You know, it, it's ruthless.
1: Yeah. Then, um, of course, then unfortunately again, you've got, suffered back to back relegations. I was, I was shocked as anybody when, when, you know, that, that season when Wolves were playing the Premier League, on a season before, and now they're now going to be playing League One football. You know, what was you know, sort of going on back then, you know, I don't know if you at that stage wanted to maybe leave, you know, you want maybe go to back to the Premier League or maybe go somewhere else.
0: Yeah, um, uh, we started that season, I actually didn't start that season. I started on the bench, we were away to 1 0. Uh, we got beat 1 0 way to Leeds, I was on the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, the new manager came in, s- Stallback, and who's, um, I think he's not, he's not a region, he's the manager of Hefty Copenhagen just now. Yeah. And he came from there as well. And at first he didn't fancy me. But after the first game, he, he he put me in the team, and ultimately, I'm not just saying this. I actually maybe that season I, I played one not one of my best like seasons football wise. I improved it as an individual as well, and he actually made me a better individual a player. You know, um, just through his training a little bit and the way he wanted to play, uh, maybe took my game on a little bit. Um. Our results, we started the season pretty well, I think, actually, that season. But then we seemed to just start to... We were losing out games narrowly, 1-0, so-and-so. And, you know, he came under a lot of scrutiny. And we went to... I think we went to Luton in the FA Cup. And we got beat 1-0 down at Luton. And he got sacked after that. I don't know that. I think that was just in January. And we were, we were kind of... I'm sure we were just mid-table. We are probably about the same number of points off... Uh, Playoffs to relegation zone the club decided to um, get rid of him. then they brought in um, Uh, Dean Saunders brought Dean Saunders in I played the first few games and I've actually done alright and I'm not just saying this (laughs) like I understalled back and it was probably yeah I think um, Stoller said to me as well you know you've been playing well and stuff like that and you know I've been playing well as an individual obviously we weren't getting the um, result as a team which was unfortunate but then Dean came in I think I played the first two or three games under them and then after that I just totally cut uh, binned and I wasn't even in the squads I was uh, still training with the boys and that, but match day squads wasn't in it so about for the last I don't know three four months I don't know how many games what, it was 20 games or so I wasn't involved with the team at all and um, which was a bit disappointing um, I kind of I think the club kind of So my agent said they maybe wanted to extend my, uh, maybe talk about a new deal. And at the time, I, I I kind of I'd been at a club, the club for maybe about four and a half seasons, and I loved the club and I really enjoyed my time there. And you know, great facilities, great fans. You know, it's a it's a massive club as you can see now. But I just felt I I needed a change. That that maybe that I don't know that desire and motivation to prove myself and move on somewhere else and doing that. I just felt like that and I, so I didn't really want to commit to anything yeah. and I don't know I, I don't know what went I don't know if it was a manager just didn't advance me or what they already yeah. said you're not going to be here next season I don't want, want you but if you ask anyone who knows me I'm not a bad egg at all yeah. you know I'm, I'm an honest person I'm yeah. not a I wouldn't uh, cause trouble at all I'm, not, I'm just not that type of guy yeah. Um, and yeah I just never I was not involved and you know um, I think the the last game of the season, it was, we were already relegated, I'm sure. Mm. We are playing our way to Brighton, and I, I trained on the Friday, and Dean just said, "Oh, you're not in the squad, so you don't have to... No, I, the games prior to that, I was in the squad. I mm. travelled on the match okay. day, but I was just never on the bench for that. In that last game, it kind of just said to me, Friday, I was expecting to travel, I had my bags packed to go, and I mm. just said, oh, you you don't have to come, you're, you're not in the squad, so you can just stay here. So basically... I had to go say bye to the boys, which was which was emotional, you know, yeah, and I just literally packed my bags and drove up the road, you know, it was a probably disappointing way it kind of ended, because, mm. you know, I'd been there for four and a half few years, and I think I got a bit of stick from the fans as well, but they, they don't know that you only hear reports in it, yeah. that's fair fans are passionate about, it was nothing to yeah. do with the club and that or anything, you know, they treated me really well, the fans were great to me, I, I gave them all, and obviously it was a it was a negative time, point of the club as yeah. in we probably had a lot of players who were still from the Premier League and probably not not myself included because I was never on the kind of money yeah. that certain players wore and were in like players knew just found it comfy and were picking a wage packet which is not all of them that's for sure mm-hmm. definitely not all of them mm-hmm. but um, it, it needed a clear out and they have done that they brought in a new manager and the manager get promoted you know and they, and they went from strength to strength mm-hmm.
1: Then uh, your next move of course is reuniting with your old gaffer and Mitt McCarthy which was at was that the one of the first sort of moves that you thought was gonna happen in the summer or was there any other clubs you were, you know, talking to? Um,
0: I wasn't really the worst well, I, I went back up home and I was waiting for a couple of months and for things to happen and I actually realised it's not that easy when you're a free agent to get a club all the time, you know, unless you're a a top top star. I think is that the year's on, it's harder and harder eh, because squad teams have their squads already built and they're managing their money eh, differently and I was never going to go to a, the Premier League to a top team who's got millions and millions of pounds you know I've just been relegated from the, the championship so it didn't look good on my, my CV even though I didn't play a third of the games you know but um. um I was back home and I had, there was a couple of other mentioned other teams in, in England my agent said and one in Scotland but then it was, I think it was, I'd been keeping myself fit it was maybe two or two or weeks before the season started and um, I ended up going to Ipswich. Um at the time it wasn't um, from on a contractual kind of situation I, I got a a two year deal I think it was two year deal and like the money wasn't like what I'd been used to wasn't I was taking a substantial cut of it but I, I wanted to play football and um, you know such a massive club you know great history and I've worked under Mick before and I went there I, I travelled down I drove down I think it was six and a half hours or so in the car from Edinburgh I went to watch the, the first pre-season I'm sure it was a way to I think it was Barnet actually it was was Barnet sitting on the sidelines just on the the bench then I I signed and then it it kind of just took off from there really
1: you know who sort of helped you you know when you first came to the club you know player wise, sort of helped you you know settle Uh, in and stuff
0: when I first came it was first when I met at the stadium to take me to the game it was uh, um, Simon Milton who took me to the game to watch the the Barnet game he was obviously the the go-to for the players, and then when I arrived, you know, I am trying to think, the player-wise, I kind of, I got, if anyone knows, I get on with everyone, sometimes I'm quite quiet, quiet at first, you know, until I come out my shell, and know, get to know players, I'm quite, as I said, in general, quite a quiet person, um, so yeah, all, all the boys kind of, made me feel welcome and yeah but I played my first game and I don't know who it was and a friendly against so I don't know if it was not County or something I don't know if that rings a bell I'm not sure anyway I didn't play great and it just because I hadn't played football for what four or five months I was looking after myself and fitness was fine but just that sharpness and timing so that first game I was like well oh, I'm a wee bit off it but then I played a game maybe three or four days later I'm not sure maybe a week and I was back to my best and I had to I started the season on the bench and uh, I don't know if it was four or five games and I, I I came on and I started the game and I didn't look back really and you know I think I went from strength to
1: strength. So um, you know some of the games you know during your first season of course it was sort of a, a rebuild for Mick. You know he of course saved us from relegation the season before when he came in midway through the season. Um, and then this was sort of rebuild. It was bringing different players in, some experienced players. Some, you know, Murphy joined permanently after he had loads of loan spells. Um, there's one game that sticks out early in that season, um, a four-four draw against Derby. You scored in that game. You know, that was a, a mad game at Derby. You know, we were four-one <laughs> up at one point, I think. And then, yeah. you know, what you scored in that game. You know, what's your memories from that game?
0: Yeah, that was some game. Over the piece, we actually had a really good record at, at Derby. Yeah. Yeah, I think we won there a few times. Yeah. One of my last games we won there as well. But yeah, four four or four one up flying, I think it might be in half time. Mm-hmm. And for some reason like, uh, uh, Derby, you know them, they're a massive club, they play big wages, they've got some players there and they've probably they've underachieved, let's be honest, mm-hmm. over the years, um, since they've dropped out of the Premier League for the, the kind of squad they've got on, on paper and their financial backing. So we went there four more half time We're like, we probably couldn't believe it, you know, every time we attacked, we scored, but then, we were probably lucky to finish the game 4-4, because the second half, Derby just, we just couldn't handle it, you know, they they were throwing bodies left, right and centre, and managed to get the goals, and in the end, we probably were happy to get out there with a drawn to get a point, because on on another day, they could have probably snatched a winner.
1: I remember when you, you know, when you signed, you know, people went, wow, what a massive cube, you know, because you're, you know, I know you just suffer relegation battle about relegations, but in terms of your stature and you know, I know a lot of fans back then I remember um they were going, Wow, what what a signing, you know, on free on a free transfer and stuff. Um going back to the Derby game quickly actually, in terms of the at full time in the dressing room, you know, what Mick was, you know, saying was just like just one of those freak games where, you know, that of course Steve McLaren I think he wasn't in charge of Derby just then, but I know that was one of his first games he was watching. You know, did just Mick went? Of course, he may have may have been angry, but he must have been that's just a free game, basically.
0: Uh, I can't uh, remember exactly, but I don't think he would have said that was a free game. I'm sure he would have absolutely hammered us. You know, the defenders yeah. especially, and um, yeah, for being four one up, he. Uh, as, I'm not exactly sure, but 100, percent he would have been <laughs> human. Yeah. Uh, the players were human as well you know especially defenders you know I mean, if you conceded four goals they're look at defenders no matter who you are you might have played well individually but it doesn't matter you're still part of a, a team or a back four that conceded four goals you know so you, you got to take the blame as well so yeah it was um, disappointing but uh, when you look back it was a, a learning curve, in, curve and as I said before um, over the piece I think we had a, a really really good record against Arby at, at their at home at their home stadium you
1: know yeah. Next up again, another game against Derby at Portman Road this time. Your your late winner, you know. What's <laughs> your memories of that then. that night?
0: Yeah, I've seen that that video a few times yeah. on what, Instagram or YouTube and that. Yeah, that was um, that was a tough game. I think it was a Tuesday night or whatever it was, and um, it was a really again a, against Derby. You know, it was always really competitive games. They had Chris Martin up front they had some really good players. Uh, Richard Key at the back. And um, it was really so competitive. And I'm sure just before that, I, I did a crunching tackle just near the edge of the box. And, and I don't know if from that, maybe five ten minutes later, we, can, we got a corner. And just swung a big loopy one. I don't know if it was Cre- Aaron Creswell who took the corner. I'm not sure. A big loopy one back to the back stick. And I think Richard Keel was marking me and I managed to lose him and we headed down. And all I remember was just Running towards the main stand and high fiving people yeah. up the touchline, you know that was um, that's definitely the goal that will go down in memory for uh, for me at Ipswich.
1: Yeah, definitely. And you know, as you said, it's still talked about now. You know when it <laughs> hits that day, it's an on this day sort of classic where you put it out. Definitely with a celebration, and you know lo- people love late winners. Definitely under the lights yeah. at any Stadium. But uh, you know, your first season, you know you're partnering up with Tommy. Um, what was it like partnering up with him? Of course, you finished ninth that season. You're a player of the year. You know what a first season you know for you.
0: Yeah, it was. Um, it couldn't have went any better. As I yeah. said when I joined the club, you know, um, the contract I got, like I, I, I was probably when I was a free agent expecting. Not that I'm this kind of guy. I'm not like wherever I've been, i never, I've I'm not a greedy person, put it that way. I was maybe expect I'll oh, be in England, the Championship. You have to expect more, and, and obviously Marcus Evans, you know, within his right and Well, he's not I he might have not had many options. You might have been thinking that, so I'll give him this. But I went down there, proved myself. I'll end up getting a new contract on the back of that, and um, you know, I've always been up for a challenge in my life. And that season, you know, I, I went down there with uh, the bit between my teeth, and I wanted to show everyone like I was still a good player and I still had it and I managed to do that and playing with Tommy you know he was uh, both left-sided as well so Mm I um, I think I played on the right quite a bit actually that season I'm not sure um, or we alternated a little bit Um, you know we had a a strong I think under Mick you know most of his teams are strong defensively not that he Ultimately, works and defend all the time. just the way he, the demands he puts on the players to defend. They put, put your head where it hurts and that, and it, it gets the best out of the players. So, and over the piece, I think. Uh, uh, Portman Road you know, we had a really, really good record at home, especially. At, mm-hmm. I'm sure one of the records, especially at midweek as well. Midweek yeah, games they, at they, home yeah, while, Road yeah. were, were ridiculous. You know, when they hardly ever lost any games and that? And um, especially in that league, you know, there's a lot of big teams in it. Who pay Who paid a lot, lot more money than Ipswich. Yeah. I know Ipswich back in the day would have. I think paid. They spent a lot. Marcus Evans had spent a lot of money on under previous managers, but then Mick came in and done things on a really small budget. Yeah. and Marcus kind of went along with that because he probably thought, well, we don't need to spend as much, and he'd done that and. You know we had some some good seasons we created some good memories
1: as well you yeah, yeah the following season of course you got in the playoffs you know I think the 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 whole squad's total was ten grand basically on Tyro Min I think the rest were free agents or through the youth so you know go into that season, did you feel something could be happening you know you finished ninth the previous season this season was an opportunity to maybe do better. Yeah,
0: I think uh, starting the season as you said like obviously we only spent what, 10 grand on Tyrone Mings and that that just sums up Mick you know, he's never really had loads of money to spend. at clubs he's went to and he's always done always got the best out of squads and he managed to improve players and sell them on and make a profit for the club as well but that season you know we went I think you start every season you want to get into the playoffs especially you want to get promoted first and foremost and if not get through, get into the playoffs and that was our aim we we um, we managed to keep most people fit and I think we were solid as a team, we didn't concede loads of goals but to win games you need to score goals and obviously having Didzy and Marshall up front, you know, that was a they weren't prolific and I would have liked to play against A2 on their day, you know, they they comp- complemented each other really well and they were the, the focal point of our team to to get to get into the playoffs really.
1: You, to be fair, you know you scored a few goals yourself as well with Tommy. You know that season, that last season, I think you scored six goals. Um, two of them were earlier in the season against Birmingham, another late winner. Um, can you remember that?
0: Yeah, I think um, me and Tommy always, always had a little wee competition. Yeah. I think in my first season I scored five, and maybe my second yeah. six. And one of the the one that made it six was one that Tommy glanced, and he was claiming yeah. it went over the line. I think it might have been against Huddersfield. I'm not sure. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And um, I managed to poke it in. So, um, that's what just took me above Tommy, I think. He, he still probably laughs about it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, um, that... What was the question you asked again, sorry? I totally forgot after I was getting off
1: on one. Uh, uh, just about goals, basically. You know, the Birmingham game, of course, you scored, oh, yeah, the Birmingham game. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I remember. Actually, I think my first goal for it, which was the way to Birmingham, it might be my debut, I'm not sure. We drew 1-1 against Birmingham, I mind that. But then the one that I think you're talking about was we played don't know if it was Birmingham away or, or maybe on a Tuesday night and I scored two goals um, one was from a corner I think the last one we were 2-1 down about minutes left at the clock and I just stayed up front and ball got down put down the right wing I think Ando crossed it from a kind of deep position in and I just slid in at the front post and it went in and you know, we managed to get a 2-2 draw a, a tough place to play football yeah. so yeah I, I do 100% remember that game
1: yeah. Then um course gonna have to bring up the playoffs um you've probably been spoke about this a few times but um you know of course we had to play Norwich didn't we in the in the semis and you know we drew the first game what an experience that was you know when you know as you said Ando he went and scored in that game and you know the, the just the scenes and the, the loudness when he scored and you know unfortunately it was a 1-1 draw in the end and then we went into the second leg you know going into the second leg you know how are you feeling
0: yeah it was obviously the first game at home it was um Big atmosphere, massive game, one-one. It was a really tight game, just like the 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 second leg. in it was kind of going towards before I got sent off. Um, yeah, it was um, going on the bus, staying up at Norwich the night before. You know, the the games you want to play in, and it was always a tough, tough place to go. I don't think we had a good record there for a, a number of years, so we knew it was going to be um, a very big ask for us. But we had the players to do it. You know, we had, as I said, we had. Murph and the up front who were as I said if they were up there with the best two strikers in the league at the time and yeah, and, and obviously me getting sent off um, I think the, the time was just starting the second half um, when I look back now I, I still think to myself like it's one of my regrets obviously handballed the ball but I didn't mean to handball the ball it was just one of these instincts are kind of your arms are by your side a little bit. It's going in the corner. You're just natural. It's not like a, I'm not a I'm not a, a stupid player who would like people who get sent off for rash tackles or do stupid stuff. It's just not me. It was it was not an instinct that I thought, alright I'm going to hand the ball here, stop it going in net." Because I look back now, and I think I'd have just let the ball go in net if I could have. But it's just I just I don't know what it was. I was just my hand was there. It was it wasn't out at the side by loads it was just where it was and. It just unfortunately it kind of just it cost us the game really you know and uh, it's a regret not that I had any control of it I don't think it's just one of these things that happens in football and yeah it was um, I was uh, I was gutted for it, to be honest.
1: What, what were you thinking when you went into the dressing room? You know there's still a lot of game to go I think. You know they went and scored score the penalty and then Tommy went on to score the equaliser and you know of course you must have been able to watch it hopefully in the dressing room and stuff. You know what what was going on with you.
0: Yeah, I just went in there. I just I was just waiting. Obviously, when Norwich took the lead, and I was a wee bit, I was just I had my head in my, my my head in my hands. Really, I was just scared, to be honest. I was I, you keep on watching it and you playing it in your head. Could I have done this? Could I have done that? Or could have someone done this to stop the situation? But football is what it is, and you know, I, I don't know. It's maybe made me the person I am. I'm not sure. As I said, I didn't intentionally do that. as I said I'm not. I'm not that sh- stupid to do that you know um, just one of those instincts you, you can't really do anything about and it was just I wish I could turn the clock back and I don't know and just you know because we would have been I think that game it would have went right to the wire it could have went anyway if we 11 v 11 because the game was so tight and um, you know it was a, it, it is a regret that's football for you, and you can't um, you can't look back and hang say, "I wish I'd done that." And that, that it happened for a reason, and that that's just the, the way football is, really. Yeah.
1: Sort of keep talking about it, but uh, what, right. what did uh, what are sort of Mick and the, the you know the lads sort of went after the game? Of course, they had, everyone's disappointed; we lost the game. But you know, what did all the lads sort of say to you? You know, of course, that must have been the first time you're able to sort of talk to them.
0: Yeah, no, no, they come in, everyone's disappointed. Yeah. There's no point. It's not like you could, the gaffer could really have a, a massive go at me because he knows me personally, yeah. he's known me longer than he's probably known a lot of players in that changing room and I've not done anything out of deliberate, it's not like I've went and got red carded and wiped someone out stupidly yeah. and done something like was just inexcusable, it was just one of these things, the gaffer's been in that situation before and they said it's not as I said it wasn't a deliberate action, it was just one of his things. So yeah, it just he was proud of us but just obviously disappointed at the same time. Yeah.
1: Then um next season we finished seventh, um another season for you. Um a few other players came in of course. Um another Scott in Ryan Fraser came in and you know, what a player he was.
0: Yeah, he was, you know, he came in, he was different, he was dynamic, quick, a typical winger, you know, really good skill and you know, you could tell that he's um not that I know Eddie Howe or that, but I hear that he's very, you know, he's very, on it. He kind of improves the player individually. And if you look at bonus, they tend to buy a lot of younger players and improve them individually. And you can see under Ryan, his dedication as a player. He was in the gym working on, on a training pitch, and he, as you see now, he's went on to bigger and better things, and he's really, he's really improved his game. And I think that that time it done on the world of good, you know, getting used to playing a competitive league and the the rough and tumble of the league as well added to that added his quality of as an individual player. You know, he um, he made a big difference for us, and yeah. I don't know how many points we missed out in the playoffs that season, but um, it wouldn't have been
1: much. I don't know, I think. I'll quickly see if I can find a table quickly. I think yeah, I think it's only like four points or something like that. Or, yeah, five five points altogether. So yeah, just missed out basically. Um, another player that was on loan as well, Ainsley Maitland-Niles. So he's gone on to do well for Arsenal. You know, he was still a young lad as well. In terms of like, you know, when you're a permanent player, when loan players come in, you know, is it what's what's the sort of different dynamic? Because you sort of know definitely the young players. You know, they're gonna go back to their permanent permanent you know permanent club. Um, you know, what's how do you sort of interact with them and stuff like that?
0: Yeah, I think um, um, when he came in. Niles, you know, he he came in. He, he was quiet. He was younger, so he was maybe a bit more shy. And he kept himself to himself. And usually, when you're that younger, you kind of attach yourself to the to the younger boys. So I think he was. Um, I don't know who he hanged about, with Tyrone and that as well. And kind of players like that, you know. And um, he he came in. He, he didn't play all the time, but he, he really showed glimpses of what kind of quality he had. And you know, he come from a massive club, at Arsenal, so he obviously had some sort of talent. And uh, he's went on it once again to. Um, not be a regular for uh, Arsenal but he, he's been involved a lot over the last season or so and you know played in some big games and done well playing a position that I think it was right back where he obviously at Ipswich he played more of. I think right midfield or centre midfield and you know he's athletic he, he dribbled the ball he, he was strong as well and he had individual ability and I'm sure that loan spell at Ipswich kind of um, you know would have done him the world of good as well and a reality, it's not sometimes you at these big clubs that you play academy football under 21 when it's, that's not what real football is about and that's why a lot of these clubs send players out, you know to, for them to experience the other side of the football when it's um, you know, people are playing for their livelihoods and, that, and, and the championships like that, you know it's there's a lot at stake, whereas I said, I'd say it, academy football is not you know, it's just about performing and maybe winning the game or how the team plays and performing individually, but it Championship level or league level, no matter what, you know, there's points at stake and it's about winning in the end.
1: Then um, the following season, of course, what came up to be your last season, of course, it wasn't as successful as the last two seasons. Um, were you disappointed that season? Um, of course, I want to bring up one game quickly. It was, wasn't in the league, it was in the FA Cup against Lincoln. You know, that was not a great night on TV. Uh, what's your memories oh. of that that horrible day?
0: That was... <laughs> one of the worst games I think I've ever played individually. Yeah. Um, we, we drew with them at 2-2 at home and, and I, I don't know if we could have won that game, I'm not really sure, I can't remember the game, but going away to um, Lincoln on a Monday night live oh, Tell you FA Cup, pitch was terrible, against the team were fine flying high and they played away Matt, Matt Reid up front, yeah. so I couldn't move him, he was so <laughs> obviously he was not the most athletic guy in the world, yeah. but he was so strong and you just could not shift him for a header. Yeah. or that. And they, they played direct and oh, I, I had a terrible game that day, I'm sure a lot of other players did as well. But um, on, an interv- on an individual performance, you know, as I said, it was, was nowhere near my ability my performance level was really a poor showing for myself. I managed to keep it nil nil until, what, the last minute, I think it was. Yeah. We, I don't know if we had a corner and they broke and scored. and You know, um, we took a lot of stick for that. Yeah. But then again, Lincoln did not go and beat Brighton and Burnley the next two games. They so did,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. You look back and think, well, it wasn't that bad a result when <laughs> uh, our Championship and Premier League team are getting... Uh, getting beat off them as well you know so um but yeah that is not that could be up there with one of the worst games I've ever played in yeah. I've played myself
1: you know that that season did you did you think it was going to be your last season I think I, I read that you were you know thinking about going back to Scotland of course you know back with your family and friends and stuff like that you know yeah. did you feel like going into that season that was going to be yeah. there possibly
0: I think um looking back now yeah I think it came in the back of my head I did um when I look back now from my experiences, and it's the same for managers, I think sometimes when you go to clubs, unless you're at a top club and you're playing there all your life and you're happy there, and that's fine. But I think to get the best out of players, I think, and managers as well, I think there's a time scale. Three to four years, I think, really is that kind of level. On, on my personal point of view, whereas sometimes after that kind of period, you can only do so much and then you need to move on. You know, and especially a team like Ebswell, it's not like we were spending lots of money and bringing players in to push to get in. We were kinda you know, we were punching a bar away always and Mick done a remarkable job there. As you can see when when he's left now, you know, you know, a lot of people wanted him out, which is understandable, which is fine, mm-hmm. you know, everyone views their opinions and has their own opinions of football. But at that time he he done, he done a remarkable job and to get that club challenging on the budget compared to a lot of championship teams, challenging for playoffs every season, basically. And you know, um, it, I, it, I left because I, not that I, I love my time there. I look back as well. You know, it was a great club, really friendly players as well, and training facilities were great. The stadium was great, and you know the boys, everyone was good. Chamberlain, you know, what a great captain. You know, yeah. such a such a good guy, enthusiastic, and he, he loved the club, and you know the staff there as well, and you know. Staff, you know, there, everyone—you couldn't say a bad word about anyone, to be honest. And but I just felt I, I, I needed a change. I needed to, you know, I wanted to come back and finish my career in, in Scotland, and that was a, an ap- ample opportunity to do that. Yeah.
1: How you know, how understanding were the club, and you know, did you speak to any of your teammates, or you know, of course, you spoke to Mick about it, but you know, how how understanding were they?
0: Yeah, they were fine, you know, yeah. they, they understood my situation, um, uh, Mick, you know, as I said, my manager, He, yeah, I think he was disappointed, but he understood it, and so sort of did Teddy Connor as well, and, you know, obviously your, um, my agent We spoke to, to Marcus, and once again he was disappointed, because the, the club had an option, and I think, well, don't quote me, this, I think they took up on me, but as long as I didn't kind of go to another English company, that that was yeah. fine. You know, I wanted to go back up, back up to Scotland, and they were. Um, you know, I, I had four, four uh, great seasons there. I'd love to go back one day and mm-hmm. you know watch a team, and I don't know, maybe manage in England one day as well. Yeah. If I have that opportunity, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, it was um, a great time. But as I go back to, if you look managers these days, you know, sometimes I think managers, apart from the very odd few, as in. Alex Ferguson, Eddie Howe, yeah. and that. But sometimes you just got to realise that you we, know, I've got to, I've got to move on now and go somewhere else and get a new challenge and that. And I end up going to Hearts and my first year I got player of the year there as well, you know. And um, so I think for me, I think three, four, four and a half seasons at a club, you know, kind of that's when you get the the best out of me, you know. That kind of, um, I don't know, because especially when you move away from home, you that kind of, I, I don't know, that enthusiasm. and a consistency and you, you, you're putting high level of, of performances in you know because there's times when I didn't play as well but yes. because people get used to you and you've maybe set your hat, your limits so high that you get judged on that but there's games when people might think you are not played that well but you've actually not played that bad but yes. it's just because the circumstance of the game or you might got beat Or we might be conceding a bit, but that's football for you. But as I say, I go back to it. As I said, most will probably be managers. You know, sometimes managers can outlive their uh, their time at a club, and they don't get appreciated as much. For example, I don't know Pochettino at Tottenham. You know, sometimes it's. There's times just to move on, you know, and yeah, I've done my best yeah, I've really enjoyed it, but I'm going to go on somewhere else. I've left, I've left the club in a good place, and you know, you move on to someone different. Yeah.
1: Do you know? Do you speak to some of your former team at Which, and of course, you've seen the the current situation in the club. You know, you know. What was your reaction when you, you found we were getting in the relegation battle, and of course, got relegated? Um, uh,
0: now and then, I've texted Timbo a few times in the past, and I'm friends with a few of a few of the guys on. The social media, some are not there at the moment as well. They've moved on. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it was, I, I wasn't there. Um, maybe I'll look back. Maybe it was a good time that I left yeah. because the next against season and obviously things turned sour against Mick. And once again, Mick probably took the club as far as he could off. But he wanted to try that last chance. And, you know, fans, I appreciate appreciate that. And sometimes, you know, like that... You know, everyone wants change. Sometimes change is good, but sometimes you've got to do it the right way and ultimately it it didn't work out. That's not saying... There wasn't the right decision to to obviously get rid of Mick. I'm not saying that at all. But ultimately it didn't work out and, you know, the team got relegated, which is... But we all know English football. There's been massive clubs who get relegated to League One, but they can bounce back and go back at the leagues. For example, Leicester have done a... um, Bournemouth. Bournemouth have done it yeah. Bournemouth have done it so yeah. sometimes you might need to take a step back to take two steps forwards and um, you know hopefully in the long term that's what will happen the club can rebuild yeah. and uh, move from strength to strength because as with a lot of clubs in the Championship and maybe a few in League One they they have all the, the facilities and the, the size of the club to, to be playing in the Premier League you know and Ipswich would be a massive club in the Premier League as well. We've had the financial backing and uh-huh. you know a great, great kind of place to live as well. Really, homely and quiet, and nice people and nice weather as well. Yeah. So it's, it's always sunny down there and dry. So um, not far from London. So yeah, you never know. Football changes quickly, and hopefully they get um, under the current manager. Paul Lambert but you know they can. Um, they start the season off well, and, but they they just dropped off to the yeah, towards yeah. the end. But once again, that league is is ruthless. There's a lot of big clubs in there. And it's very it's very difficult.
1: Yeah. How um where did you sort of live during your time at you know the, the club?
0: I stayed in Kesgrave, so literally what a mile from the training ground. Yeah. So would not take me long. You know, Grange Farm it was actually. Oh, that's so, where yeah. I live. That's where I'm living now. No, right, okay. yeah. that's where um, Bart lived as well. Bart Cox. Yeah. Left as well, so yeah, it was um, handy, quiet. It was really quiet and yeah. um, nice, so <laughs> couldn't complain. Yeah.
1: Then um, you, of course, you, the return to Scotland, as you said, and you know, back to your former club of Hearts. You know, you, that, you, as you said, player the season that first season, and next season, um, bring up the unfortunately the Scottish Cup final defeat. Um, you know, what's your what's your memories of that? I actually spoke to one of my mates who, um, who went to want the game itself and actually apparently bumped into you in the pub after the, 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 the defeat it. and uh, briefly spoke to you and just, you know, what's your memories from that?
0: Yeah, my well, first year I went back up, um, I was going into a team that was kinda won hearts are no hearts, Hearts are probably I'd say third or fourth biggest team in Scotland, you know, mm-hmm. the Rangers and there's either Hearts, Aberdeen, Hips, you know, the, the, those kind of teams, um, Stadium 20,000, you know, you can sell out most weekends, especially if you're doing well and you're yeah. flying high in the league, it's sold out every week, you know, passionate fans, we have got big expectations, um, and, and as I said, I came back player a year, I was coming to a, a team that was, a lot of youngsters coming through and we had a really good defensive record, no, we were solid as a team. I think we finished mid-table in the second. I think, or was it my first season? I think I don't know if it was my first season. The second season, I think we kept our club record record of six or seven or eight clean sheets in a row. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was the second season. I'm not sure. Got a player year. And I think the second year I might go runner-up. I'm not sure. And as again, like we probably spent spent a bit of money, and you know, we the big expectations, and we didn't really. Um, really hit them off we, we got to the Scottish Cup final which was massive you know we, we, we had a disappointing season you know we just finished in the top six whereas we were expecting the finish third you know uh, that's our that's our expectations you know to get into Europe we just finished in the top six before it got split Scottish Cup final you know we had a really good run in this Cups actually then we got to uh, a couple of semi-finals in the Cup final uh, we're in another semi-final actually but obviously the obviously due to the coronavirus it's has to stop just now but yeah it was a massive game Celtic who the the dominant force in Scottish football and it was such a tight game and just unfortunate we just didn't have that you know their their star striker Edwards scored two a penalty and uh two goals. You know and he's been linked with some big moves down south to Arsenal and stuff like that. And Celtic do have a tendency in doing that. You know there's this Old Dembele to Leon who's getting linked to Man United now. that Virgil Van Dyke from who went to Southampton and we all know who he is now. You know so, um, so it was an uphill battle. But one of the games that stood out was um, that first season actually. Celtic were. Um, that that the, the season before they went unbeaten, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it was uh, my first season or second season, but we 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 broke that unbeaten record when we beat them four nil at home at Tynecastle, yeah. which and a team we had we had a, a lot of youngsters. Harry Cox was just coming into the scene; he was only like sixteen or seventeen, and, and there's four 0 against Celtic. It, it never happens, you know. Yeah. yeah, never happens. And with a team that weren't full of. Big experienced players with a lot of youngsters in it as well, and you know it was just one of the one of those games that you look back thinking that will go down in history. You know what yeah. I mean? Four 0 against Celtic. Brendan Rogers, the manager, and um, but yeah, so yeah, um, a club I started off and got a lot of good memories here as
1: well. Yeah. Of course, um, reuniting with Craig Levine. Of course, he came manager. I think um, very early on in that first season, yeah. and you know he unfortunately. You know, he had a few seasons with with you, you know, and stuff like that. And then, of course, he got sacked, and um, then the current manager came in. And you know, it's of course publicised out there that he just didn't fancy you, basically. You know, what was your what's your thoughts on that? I know. Yeah, you just...
0: um, obviously, Craig was the manager. And then we were just having a bad run of form. We, <laughs> we weren't getting any better, and the club decided to part ways. And then we brought in Daniel Stendel came in played the first two or three games before the winter break and came back and basically this is how he's planned wasn't involved and then um, you know that's now the decision he, he's coming he wants to make stick his authority and he, he's done that you know I, yeah that doesn't obviously doesn't fancy me as a player um, so I went on loan to then actually on my birthday as I said transfer <laughs> window day 31st of January it must have been about 9 o'clock at night It got the, the go ahead um, I went on loan to Dundee um, another big club in Scotland with a lot of history they just got relegated the, the, the season before a big turnover they went down to the championship and they were pushing to get in the playoffs you know they had a bit of an inconsistent season because as I said they had a lot of player, a turnover of players and um, I went there and you know I, what I signed at 9 o'clock at night I played on, that was a Friday night I played on the Saturday and you know I, I played six games there with um Unbeaten in six games with Cube Five and sheets, and only could see the one goal which was in that first game from a, a deflected free kick. So I went there and, you know, started to play football again after not playing for about four or five weeks and you know, started to enjoy it again and you know, and a good team with um you know, we a, a good squad who were were pushing to get into the playoffs to get up to the Premier League.
1: Yeah. You know, did you did you feel like you had to drop down to the championship to <laughs> get
0: a club and stuff uh, like that no I, I, you know I wasn't in a, a rush to move I, I've still got another year left it's
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, just one of those things you know the team was struggling a bit and he had set high standards before and yeah everyone came in for criticism I was the captain I came in for criticism as well and people say oh well and you know it's the same old thing And I've had ex before say it before because uh, I'm 35 now oh he's getting older yeah. Oh, he's, he's dropping off. It's a load of rubbish, you know. You know, If anyone knows me, I'm one of the, the fittest guys at whatever club I've been at. I'm one of the fittest guys. You know, I look after myself. People say, oh, he's not got pace. That's another thing. People say, oh, Christoph's never... <laughs> oh, he's not fast. People don't know me. If you ask anyone I've worked under, I'm usually one of the fastest in the team. Yep. So that's uh, that's another thing people... Watch them decide you making judgments on players that they don't know. I hear that about loads of players I've played about with before, they're saying this and that and you're like, that's gonna be further away from the truth, you know. So um it's one of the things, you know, your age comes into a factor and people use that as an excuse. It's not an excuse, you know, you you can play it doesn't matter because you're fit and healthy and you're still looking after yourself, you can there's no no reason why you cannot mm-hmm. play for a uh, As long as possible, you know, and I I think I can go into that category. You know, I've always looked after myself apart from one serious injury. I was out for about three months, three and a half months, and then you know, I went back there and asked the manager, I worked under, you know, I think uh, I played to a high standard and and I really enjoyed it. I I didn't have to go to Dundee, um, I had a couple options, but um, Dundee, like, they made it clear they wanted me to go there, and I just wanted to play football, and and that was all I wanted to do. And we knew we had a good chance, and I, I went there, and I proved, my, proved everyone I could not just to myself. Not that I ever doubted it, but you know I could, I just, I, I just know that I still could play at a high level, and I'd done that. And beat the championship or not, you still got to perform. Who's in front of you? There's a lot of good teams in there, difficult games, and good players, and you know I, I kind of, I'd done it. I just. And that's football, you know. There's, uh, as I said, there's many players who've played on to their what, late thirties, and, and hopefully, if everything goes well, and we get back to playing football, I can yeah.
1: do that. Yeah. That's the last question for me. You know, you brought up your age. You know, 35 now. What's what is the, you know, your future plans? You know, you want to con- play until you can. Um, but in yeah. terms of, you know, when you finish football, you know, you know, of course, the obvious thing is coaching and stuff. But is there anything else in, in pipeline point- for you?
0: Um, well. I've started to do a few uni courses with, um, I, I was doing a applied football management through the, the Scottish PFA last year and it's just finished this year and just, I've done my B licence, I've started my A licence at the start of January with the Scottish FA. So yeah, I've, I've helped, I've coached the under-16s, under-14s and under-16s at Hearts. So yeah, in my back of my mind, I'd want to. Um, i love to go into management. Mm-hmm. Um what, how my career has played out in the last maybe six months moving on loan. A part of me wants to play as many games as possible before I retire and not move into management or coaching as earlier than, than I really need to. I think um, come to this break really has, with the lockdown, has kind of really set home how much <laughs> I miss football. And how much I really want to, before I, I retire, just play as many. Hopefully, maybe try and win a trophy here or there. If i are lucky enough, we we'll get wherever I, I may be at. As I said, I've got another year at Hearts. But um, I want to play as many games as possible for a, a high on my boots. Because it's such a short career. Well, it is in 20 years. Or, I don't know how long I've been playing. Nearly. Coming up for oh, 18 years or something, I think. Um, so, yeah, I want to coaching would be great going into management would be better I think it's something I'd really like to do and I don't know what pathway I'd like to go into I think I'd like to learn my trade first and learn how I want to coach and what structure how I want my team to play and how my my training week's all set up and get that be it in a youth team first and foremost Mm -hmm. not that I wouldn't say going into a first team I would not ever say no to that depending on the circumstances but also doing the unit courses the, the open avenues to Director of football roles, all that kind of stuff, you know. And uh, there's a lot of jobs within football or within sport, you know. And um, you said this, as you said uh, prior to the chat, I've been a lot more resourceful in this time yeah. off reading books. I think I've you nearly know, finished my first <laughs> first <fourth> book <laughs> uh, since lockdown. It might not seem a lot, but for people who don't read very often all the time, you know. Um, I'm getting through it quickly and also doing things with the PFA they've got all one on, online courses and just simple things like learning how to do Microsoft, Microsoft, how to work Microsoft apps, something so simple but because you've been out of school for so long yeah, you're used yeah. to app, app, Apple Macs, yeah. you're used to their kind of systems and stuff like that and also we Spanish course that the PFA Scotland are doing as well which I'm on my third lesson but it's um, it's, uh, it's obviously yeah. that's more that's definitely more difficult. But I think going forward, I think if you want to do a pro license, you need to um, be seen to learn a language and try your best to learn a language. So I've decided to try take up Spanish, but which I've actually got that half on today for two. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, um, as I said, I plan on playing for as long as possible. But uh, management is something that definitely uh, you know entices me. Um, if I have the opportunity, I'm mean, Hopefully, be successful at yes. it. I've got my, I've definitely learned throughout my career. Well, eighteen years. There's a lot you learn through football and through managers. A lot you, I think you learn. Lot, you learn a lot of things you wouldn't do than you would do in football.
1: Maybe one day, you know, you could be an itch-rich manager, or cross pass <laughs> with a, an itch-rich team one day as a manager another team.
0: You, you never know. I think yeah. um, ultimately you want to be a successful manager first and foremost, and mm-hmm. one of the. The biggest stages in football at the moment is England, and you know I think that's everyone's like being a professional footballer. If you come from the UK, Scotland, you want to play down south, and you know be it starting Scotland first, and go down there, it'd be great. But who knows? Who knows what the future holds.
1: Yeah. Well, the thing is, like the last, you know, which manager was successful? Of course, was Scottish. Was a former player in George yeah. Burley. You know, he did really well. So wait and see <laughs> you never know you
0: never know <laughs> well, uh,
1: well Christoph thank you very much um, for chatting no with me problem. it's been a, been a pleasure I don't want to take more of your time up hope you enjoy your rest of your day and, uh, yeah no problem that's fine yeah. I
0: really enjoyed it thanks for that Ross
1: pleasure. from true crime to football Brexit to football for more great podcasts from Archon head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon